Thank you, choir. That was lovely. That was truly lovely. And it's okay to clap, and so I just want to give, thank them for that music. I have an additional scripture verse that I'd like to read to you this evening. It's from Mark 15, verse 31. The verse is this, it's the crowd mocking Jesus and they said to him, well, he's on the cross, he saved others, he cannot save himself. Will you pray with me? Holy and gracious Father, you have a word for us. You always have a word of hope. And we ask, gracious Father, that you would speak that word to us this evening. Oh Lord, we've gathered to hear it. We've gathered as your children in the name of your son, knowing that you are present because you've promised to be here. And so we ask that your Holy Spirit would guide us this evening. Open our minds and our ears and our hearts to your word, your living word. In Jesus' name, amen. He saved others. He cannot save himself. Have you ever thought of those words? He saved others. He cannot save himself. If you think of those words, and you think a lot about these words, you realize that the crowd is mocking Jesus, and yet they're saying a truth statement about Jesus as well. He saved others. That's what they were saying. He saved others. They were trying to mock him. But they were saying something that was true. He saved others. I'm reminded of an, uh, an old story about an atheist, and maybe you've heard this. An atheist professor who wanted to teach his son to become an atheist as well. And so his son, though, there was a problem. He started going to Sunday school. And so the atheist professor said, I'm going to teach my son. So when he was at Sunday school, he made a big plaque. And on that plaque, he put the words, God is nowhere. His son comes home from Sunday school, and he looks at the plaque, and his dad said, I want you to read this plaque. And the son looks at it, and he smiles, and he says, God is now here. Yeah, it's taken a few of us are a little more tired. It's the evening. He saved others, is what the crowd said. He cannot save himself. They knew Jesus saved others. All throughout the Bible, all throughout his ministry, that's what he was doing. To the blind, he gave sight. To the lame, he allowed to walk. To the hungry, he fed. To the sinners, he forgave. He saved others. That's just what he did. The people weren't denying that. They knew that. The disciples knew it. The people saved by Jesus knew it. The crowd knew it. The religious leaders knew it as well. Everyone knew that Jesus saved others. The problem is, why didn't he save himself? That's the problem. Why didn't he come off the cross? Why didn't he save himself? That's the foolishness of Jesus. Because when you look at Jesus, you go, here's a man who would starve in the wilderness for 40 days. But to a hungry crowd, he fed them. Here's a man who would, who would thirst on the cross. 
needed at a wedding would turn water into wine. He saved others, but Jesus, why aren't you saving yourselves? Yourself. It just doesn't make sense. But we all know the answer, don't we? It's because he loved. He loved the world. He was willing to give up his life to save others. It's funny what love will, will make you do. Many of you can think of that in your own life, maybe when you're courting a spouse or, or even with your children or anything else. Love makes you do crazy things. When my wife and I were first dating, we were, we were both at Westmont College, and they had a rule that on certain days, the women could not go on the guy's floor, period. Well, that day was Valentine's Day that year, and I'm an RA, so I'm in charge of the rule, in charge of the floor, I have to enforce the rule. But when I was off at school, taking my classes, Jamie got into the floor, got into my room, and decorated it with a bunch of flowers and candies and all these things. So I walked in, and I was overwhelmed. But then I went, uh-oh, I have to write her up for this. What do I do? I thought, did anyone see her? I, and they all said, yeah, we saw her. What are you going to do? They all came to me, and I'm going, this is Valentine's Day. This is my first Valentine's Day. If I write her up, I'm going to be in trouble. It's going to be a lousy Valentine's Day. It might be our last Valentine's Day. <laughs> and so I walked to her hallway. Can't go in. Called down the hall. She came out, and she had a big smile on the fa her face. And she looked at me and she said, Russ, she knew what I had to do. And she said, write me up, baby, because I, <laughs> I love you. Write me up. Love makes you do crazy things. She said it was her favorite hour, stuffing mailboxes, because that's what, her punishment for going on the floor. But that's what love does. You do crazy things for the people you love. Isn't that exactly what Paul speaks of in 1 Corinthians 13? What is love like? Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It's not rude. It's not self-seeking. Love is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. And you know, love never fails never fails Jesus saved others and not himself because he loved and that's the lesson he has for us in the, in the reading that we heard from um, John 13 Jesus is with his disciples in the upper room and it says he's going to show them the extent of his love you go I thought the cross was the extent of his love well, it works this way. In that world, many of you have heard me say this. In that world, you don't wash other people's feet. If someone came to visit, you had your slaves wash someone else's feet. If you didn't have slaves and you wanted to be gracious, you gave them water and you let them wash their own feet. That's just what you do. You don't wash someone else's feet. And so for Jesus to get down there and to wash their feet, he was taking the form of a servant, of a slave to care for them, 
to show them just how radical his love is. He's willing to become nothing for them. And so Peter is the only sane one of the bunch. No, Lord! You can't wash my feet. I should wash your feet. No, Lord, that's beneath you. Don't do it. To which Jesus says, of course I'm going to do this. And then Peter, obviously, the Lutheran, uh, you know, says, well, wash my whole body. He doesn't get it, you know, most times. But by washing their feet, Jesus is showing them what love is. Love is foolish. Love is willing to, to get messy. Love is willing to get written up. Love is willing to, to do things that no one else would do. To die on the cross. I wonder, and I really mean this, I thought about this during Lent, do we realize just how much God loves us? Just how much, how radical God's love is? Because I think too often we, we think that when we're walking the straight and narrow way, of course God loves us, but when we don't, we fall in that trap of thinking then, maybe he's going to turn his favor away from me. Maybe he's not going to truly love me. Maybe things aren't going to go the right way. But that's not how love works. That's not how it works for Jesus. Remember, love keeps no record of wrongs. Some of you have heard me share this, but a few years ago, a woman came into my office. She was a Christian. But because of things that happened, a few bad choices in her life, she made some bad decisions. She sat down and said, I need to talk to you. I knew it was going to be serious. She looked at me. And a tear started falling down her face. And she said, I'm a prostitute. And once she said those words, she said, I've never said those words out loud. I, I am a prostitute. I, and she broke. And I had no idea what to say to her. This is a Christian girl. She's made some bad decisions. I took a deep breath. And I think God inspired me. I looked at her and I said, you are not a prostitute. You're a child of God. You're a baptized child of God. That is who you are. Christ has claimed you. You are his. No matter what. It's amazing her tears stopped and she looked up she said really I said absolutely and then for the next hour we talked a lot and I gave her some material to to uh, go over and we prayed a few times and she says is it really true and I said I swear I promise and since then she she um, was able to go back to her home and get her life put back together. And so I'm, I'm very thankful for that. But I think all of us are like her at times. We do things we're not proud of, and we think God's love goes this far, but there's this one place that doesn't go beyond it. But that's not true. The night that we're celebrating, Monday, Thursday, we see a picture of what love looks like. 
It gets dirty. It gets messy. It, it, it serves instead of being served. It forgives. That's what Jesus did. I think the crowd got it right when they said Jesus saved others. That's just what he does. It's what he did. It's what he does. He saves us. He has saved you from your sin, from death, from the devil. The mockers got that right. Jesus saved others, but they got something wrong too. They said he couldn't save himself. That's not true. He could save himself, but he wouldn't save himself because he wanted to save us instead. And so he stayed on the cross instead of coming down to save us, to have us, to make a place for us. And he didn't have a heavenly host of angels come down and save him. And he didn't rebuke Judas at that spot. And he didn't say, Lord, take this cup. And he didn't actually give that cup. He took the cup still upon himself. He had the power to. But he came to save us. He saved others. He saved you. And so this night, as we gather, Christ isn't done saving. In this meal that we're about to partake, he shows up again. He arrives in the bread and the wine in a very mysterious way. How? I don't know. He just has promised to be there. And he's there for you, for the forgiveness of your sins, to say you're mine, to say your future is secure, to say you're my disciple, to say you're my child, to say you're forgiven, to say I love you. He appears in this meal for you this very night to have and to hold and to enjoy. Jesus saved others and he has saved you. In Jesus' name, amen.